Hey, what's up, listeners? I'm Adam, and this is Change My Mind, a show where anyone is welcome to join me for an episode to challenge one of my beliefs. I'm looking forward to hearing new opinions and perspectives, and hopefully becoming a bit more open-minded along the way. If you're interested in joining me for a future episode, please feel free to check out the sign of Blake in this episode's description. Okay, just started recording. See how this goes on the hike. Uh, Topic for today is what makes people change habits and behaviors. Uh, So we were just talking about, we could talk about like what makes people change be anything like move to a different city change jobs change diet change exercise change lifestyle stuff so i'll start off asking a question okay what do you think some of the like the main reasons people i guess change are i think really the main reason people change is you really only do what you want to do you're not gonna do something you don't have the motivation for right hello hey there hi how you doing Good. So, for instance, if you're making a new change, Yeah. you don't work out. You want to start going to the gym. Yeah. New Year's resolution. If you make a New Year's resolution to go to the gym, you're probably not going to continue to go to the gym after two weeks or three weeks. Why? Because if the goal was New Year's resolution and gym, I'm not saying this applies to everyone, but just most people. Yeah. Most people... They don't actually want to go to the gym. They don't actually want to change. They just say they do, but their their true motivation isn't to do that. Right. Whereas if your motivation is, I really want to do a run, 10K run in three months. I tried one today and I died. So I'm gonna, if I really want to do this, I'm gonna train so I can do it better. Especially, again, back to the main idea. Unless you're, Really, unless you have full motivation to change or do that task, especially if it's an uncomfortable one, you're not going to do it. What do you think about that? I agree. So, if we agree that it's about how, like, wanting to do it, you have to want to do it. Yeah. What makes people want to do new things? Like, what are the main reasons that would drive you to want to exercise or move to a new city or whatever? What? Let's talk about food for a second. Okay. Because I have a great example. I want to talk about a personal one. Okay. I used to be a pretty picky eater. I used to hate onions, tomatoes, eggplant, lots of different vegetables. I don't have to go through the list. And I found that often I would go to restaurants and or go to someone's place and someone would be serving something. And number one, it looked pretty good. Number two, everyone said it's really good. And I would say, oh, no, thank you. I'm fine. There's a variety of reasons. One, I saw a little piece of onion or eggplant sticking out through the name, either like French onion soup or something. And there was a vegetable that I knew that I didn't like. What caused me to change and try them and actually start to like them? I didn't like the way I felt after declining all these different things at people's houses to eat or going into a restaurant and eating the same thing every time or ordering something on a menu and being like, yeah, can you take out the onions, the tomatoes, blah, blah, blah. I sort of felt, I don't like to feel it. Right. So I, that was more powerful than my motivation to not change and know what, and eat what I knew I liked. Right. And that overpowered it, which caused me to try it. And I ended up trying it a bunch of times that I started to enjoy it. 
Right. So that, that's an example. Like, there's either a positive motivation or a negative motivation. And this one was a negative motivation to stay the same. Okay. What, what are your thoughts on when you, like, want to do something? Yeah. Or you feel you want to do something, but you're just having difficulty with the behavior change? Uh, I can give an example. Do you want me to give an example? Yeah, please. So, like, I want to not snooze my alarm. Yeah. Because, like, the night before, I've set the alarm with the intended purpose. Like, I've given myself seven or eight hours or however much I think I need. Yeah. And... I know from past experience that if I can get past, if I turn off my alarm, get out of bed and get past the first five minutes, have a glass of water, I have like a really productive morning and I have a great day. It's just a struggle of my mindset in the morning for like that first five minutes that I'm like, I end up snoozing it a lot and sleeping for like an extra two hours and miss the gym or miss something I want to do. And then I feel, I don't feel as good for the rest of the day. So yeah. What are your thoughts on, like, that was an example of, I want to not snooze my alarm, but the behavior change still hasn't, like, happened. Okay. Here's my thought. You have to take advantage of mindset. In the morning, you're never going to want to do what I'm about to suggest because you're tired. Yeah. At night, though, when you're thinking about it, that's when you can take advantage. So, what I mean is, you know, Hi. there's a variety of things you can do yeah. that will actually subvert that. So for instance, here's the one thing I do. I set three alarms, one after another, after another. Not five minutes, one minute. Three alarms, one minute straight. Six, 10, 6, 11, 6, 12. Yeah. That's going to not allow you to snooze. Another one, put your phone at the other end of the room. It's a hassle and it's going to be a mission. But if you have three, four, five alarms set one minute after another, after another, with your phone at the other side of the room, it's going to be very difficult for you to snooze it. Mind you, you can unlock your phone in the, in the morning and just turn them all off. But if you have like 20 alarm set or something like that, it's very difficult to do that in the morning. And already once you're awake and out of bed to set your, or to turn off your alarm because you're across the room, put a glass of water there. Yeah. And so there's different techniques that you can use to do it, but you also have to capitalize on your motivation when you are motivated. So you can't do this right before you go to bed because you're feeling a little tired already. And you're like, well, I'll probably be tired in the morning. Maybe I'll just let it slide tomorrow. Yeah, I'd do it like in the afternoon when you have all this energy. You're like, I want to do this tomorrow. Let's plan it out now. So that's my idea for that. Right. Okay. So just thinking about it, like if we, like we said earlier, it comes down to wants Yeah. and my alarm goes off in the morning and in that exact moment, I want to snooze it more than I want to get out of bed. Yeah. So I need to change that by hypothetically, let's say I could have my alarm, like I had to go to the gym in order to turn it off. Then by that point, I'm at the gym. I probably want to just work out more than I actually want to go all the way back home into bed. Like yeah. hypothetically, right? Yeah. Actually, but you, you bring up a good point. When you wake up, you want to turn off your alarm. Right. And I'm just satisfying my want there, right? Like. Yeah, I know I know exactly what you mean. You basically got to compare current self to future self. Yeah. Future self is usually smarter and sees the big picture over current self. Yeah. Um, so I guess the question is... Hi there. I can I just know. listen to your words of wisdom all day. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, great view, eh? Gorgeous. Hi. Hello. Hi. So how do you balance current self over over future self yeah i'll tell you this it takes a lot of failures in order to actually succeed for the first time 
So at work, I got to wake up at 4.50. The first time I did that, I was like, oh my God, this is horrible. I snoozed my alarm till 5.05, 5.05, 5.10. And then I realized, okay, if I don't get up now, I'm gonna be in trouble. Yeah. So there was the last minute where the, the negative consequence of potentially losing my job drastically outweighed the current want to get up. But losing my job, like you, you want you want to keep your job, right? And that yes. want is stronger than the other one. Exactly. Okay, that makes and, sense. And that's also a current want thing. I don't. I want my job for future, but I also want my job for current. Right. So, so you, that's a sort of. So you have to think into the future about what your wants are going to be in that moment. Yes. And then try to like set up the environment so that I don't know. Hold on, we're tr trying to make it over this mud. Oh no! Lots of mud. Okay. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> okay, don't do what I did. Oh, brutal, brutal, brutal. <laughs> For anyone listening, we are soaked with mud. <laughs> um <laughs> Okay, that makes sense. So I guess the thing is I find if I snooze my alarm, I am actually very tired throughout the rest of the day. I don't know why. If you snooze your alarm three, four, five times, yeah. I feel like really tired for the rest of the day rather than if I wake up immediately. I'm with you. So I guess the question is, it's sort of like manipulating, it's essentially it's how do you manipulate your, your inevitable current tired self in the morning to get up and overpower the want to sleep. Yeah. There, and there's different ways to do it. But uh, so like some of the things I've said, but I do think though, that it does come down to, if you truly want to do it, you will be motivated enough to try other ways to make it happen. So yeah, some things, just closing the loop on the snoozing thing, yeah. some things I've done that like have worked is like, like telling a friend that if I snooze my alarm, I owe them 20 bucks. So oh, like boy, in the morning, in that morning, my like want not to lose that $20 outweighs like the want to snooze, right? That's a great, great, that's really smart. Um, can I, can I switch the topic a little? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we talked about like the examples we gave were like things like that you kind of actually wanted to do in the first place. Like you want to snooze, you want to maybe exercise for New Year's. What about things that you don't want to do? Yeah. But like maybe like others are telling you are good for you or like just like taking advice. So like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example. Something you don't want to do. Let's say you have Coke every day. Love your Coke. Yeah. Coca-Cola or, or co cocaine? Oh, <laughs> one of the two. I think Coca-Cola is a lot more common, but okay. for some reason I feel like cocaine is a lot more common. <laughs> and you're saying your friends are telling you maybe that like, you have, you okay, I guess stepping outside of this person, we're not this person. Yeah. Like we know that they'd probably be better off not doing either of those things. Yes. But they want to do them because maybe they're addicted or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So how do you change that want? Well, that's very tough because again, it goes back to you're only going to do what you want to do. So I think, I think a variety of ways to do it is you got to prove the benefit of doing that some way to yourself. And then once you see a tangible benefit, then you'll, it'll be a lot easier to change your results. So what I mean, like, is if let's say you just switch to water and all of a sudden you get less stomach aches or you feel a little better uh, throughout the day. 
you'll see a noticeable result that will, you'll, you'll then get that motivation to, to pursue that improved feeling or that better, like that, that lack of stomach issues or something along those lines that will drive the motivation. But the thing is, you gotta prove to yourself in the first place if it could work. So, like, are you saying for like someone trying to change someone's behavior? Yeah. Uh, it ha you have to focus on getting them to want to do it. Exactly. Okay. And you 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 need to try things and see if they'll work out. And once you see a noticeable behavior, or once you see a noticeable improvement, it's a lot easier to then pursue that change. Okay. So let's say we just did like Coca-Cola as like a funny one. Let's say someone drinks like, I don't know, 10 cans of Coke a day. Yeah. And you're trying to help them. Yeah. Like, what can you actually do? Well. Like, what would you do? First, the first thing you got to try is it's very difficult for get the, to get them to give up Coke entirely. It is easy to get them to reduce their Coke by one Coke a day. Yeah. And see if there's a tangible positive effect. Um, and then you can, over time, do that. The problem is you will hit a, a brick wall point where that, that, that person may not want to reduce any further. And then you got to see if you can substitute it with, way, with different drinks or things like that and see if there's a positive improvement. So I know people used to drink a lot of Coke. Then it was like, oh, there's all this sugar, all this stuff. Let's drink Coke Zero instead. Yeah. And regardless of whether it works, it doesn't work. I think a big, I think the re people switched over to Coke Zero because they thought that the, the benefit of not having that normal Coke and all that sugar, they, they didn't have that anymore because they could still get the same Coke taste without that negative. Yeah, I think that's a great example. So what you're saying is like, okay, when there was just regular Coke, let's say someone, they really want to drink it. Yeah. They also want to be healthy. Like no one wants to be unhealthy. Yeah. But it was just, their want to drink it was like, was a higher priority. Yeah. But when like Coke Zero came out or like healthier alternatives, um, their want to be healthy, like now had like a bit of an edge over like regular Coke. Yeah. So they kind of compromised on Coke Zero, for instance. Yeah. Another component that I do really want to bring up that you touched upon previously was the interpersonal component. It's when you're, when it's just yourself, it's really hard to try to prove things to yourself. For some reason, when you're trying to prove something to yourself, it's much more difficult than trying to prove something to other people. So like when I, I once went hiking and I saw a waterfall, I was with my girlfriend. I really wanted to climb that waterfall just to show her I could, especially when she said, you can't do it then I had even more motivation to try it. If I was by myself, honestly, I, I don't know if I would have been willing to do that. And I wanna transition that over to the coach. If you're with someone else who you care about, you value their opinion, their stuff like that, it's a lot easier to find that motivation to work with them, prove yourself right to them, or at least prove your effort and try to change rather than just doing it on, on your own. Yeah. Hello. So, what do you think about that, the interpersonal component? Yeah, no, I... Hi there. 
I think one of the biggest... I definitely agree, yeah. One of the biggest driving factors that changes behavior are other people. Right. But what, what you said, like, I think it makes a ton of sense. Like, were you, were you trying to say you were trying to, like, you would want to explain to her, like, why you want to do something? Like, explain your own motivations or no? Well, I, I think, oh, okay, now I see what you mean. I think what I would have to do is first see if the person was even willing to or could, could conceive why they should. Like, hey, are you willing to or do you see the benefit that could happen if you stop drinking 10 Cokes a day? Nope, there's no benefit. Or they don't see any possible possible positive outcome. Right. I think you're not going to get anywhere. Right. If they see there could be a potential benefit, or they see the benefit, they just don't have the motivation yet to try. That's where you can take advantage of it. That's what you're working with. Right. Um, you can't work with the rejection initially, but a possible acceptance, just not willing yet to embrace the effort. That's what you can work with, and you can you can do it together. Like what you said about calling someone else to wake up to make uh, to, to pay 20 bucks if you snooze or in infamous TV shows, they always have the swear jar. What happens if you swear, you put a dollar away. No one wants to put a dollar away, so you don't swear. Wait, what's this? I haven't heard of this. In the TV show, I think it was called New Girl or something I once watched, they had a swear jar. Whenever you swore, you got to put a buck in the jar. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. And that, that that's an interpersonal thing that sort of motivates you not to do it. Right. And that's what I'm saying. If, if there's a group goal, it doesn't have to be the same goal, but a couple of people can work on it together. It's a lot easier to to change someone's behavior from that respect. Right. Anything else? Like any areas you want to go into? Um, I think a big big thing is, in general, open-mindedness. But open-mindedness, not that, not. I don't want to. It's basically open-mindedness that you may be right or you may be wrong, and it's good to try things that make you uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable is a great thing. I'm not saying like dunk yourself. I'm not saying like go go swimming with sharks that is probably uncomfortable but also really dangerous. I'm saying like do things that can make you slightly uncomfortable but don't affect your life that much, and then you'll you'll work on that willpower. Willpower is like a muscle that you can build on. Okay, two questions for you. Yes. One, how do you become more open-minded? Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of that could be based on, like, I don't know, your upbringing and stuff. Like, if your parents weren't open-minded, you're less likely to be open-minded. Yeah. So that's number one. Um, oh, I'm trying to think what the other question was. What did you go into after open-mindedness? Do you remember? Uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. What are your thoughts on, like, like the balance between, like, being kind of happy with you are with what you have sorry and then like trying to improve because i agree uncomfortability is good but i've been like thinking more about like like being comfortable is also good yeah like it's right. nice to be comfortable and be happy and content yeah so like what do you think of the balance between those so is okay. it yeah so for the first question which was how do you become more open-mindedness if uh, you're not currently open-minded so, okay, so that one's tough. First thing, listening to opinions you disagree with. You don't have to even agree with them, but just listening to how someone else views something differently and their reasons and rationale for it, you may, you actually may, may agree with them and you may change your mind. You also may not, may not do that, but at least you get exposure to people who disagree with you. Right. And you can think critically on what they're thinking 
but that also makes you think critically on what you're thinking. Okay. So I've gone into arguments with people, and when I thought critically of their position, later on, I was like, I thought to myself, well, hold on, what I said also didn't make sense. Right. So that's one way. To answer the second question about being uh, balanced with comfortable and uncomfortable. You, yeah, you said it's good to be uncomfortable. So when when is it good to be comfortable versus when is it good to like push the boundaries do things that are uncomfortable that might make things better later. Like, how do you find that balance? Well, to be honest, that's a very personal thing. Yeah. Um, and that changes for a bunch of people. So I know for me, I like to push myself to be uncomfortable and that's great. Other people may not want to and they may want to perceive just being comfortable and that's also great. I'm actually thinking critically now about what I said before. I realized that being uncomfortable isn't for everyone. Can you, can you be, is it possible to truly like be like content and happy with like where you are now, but also like want to improve it's, or are they contradictory? Like, I, hmm, that's a great question. Is it possible? I think it's possible with a little bit of acceptance. So if you, if you accept that you'll never be as strong as the rock, but even though sometimes when you look at the rock's pictures, you say, oh boy, it'd be so awesome if I was like that. You're sort of comfortable with yourself, what you're doing, even though you do still want to get better. Right. And to be clear, that's a great example. I wasn't talking about the examples where like, uh, let's say you have like a severe, like a really serious, like drug addiction. Yeah. Like, Yes, it's going to be uncomfortable to get over that. Like, you're going to go through withdrawal and stuff, but, like, that's going to be for the better. Yeah. Versus, like, an example, like you said, like, you're already fairly fit, but you want to get fitter. Or you already have a really good job, but, like, you you feel like you could have a better job or do better. So, like, those for me are the tough ones. Yeah, and that's, that's where it's very personal. It's always about finding the balance and being open to making mistakes. You could make a mistake staying where you are and not seeing the potential of moving on. Yeah. It could also be a mistake doing that exact thing. So it's really tough. Uh, and you know what? I don't exactly have, a, have an answer of what you should do Yeah. or what anyone should do. I just think they should think about it to themselves and then figure out which they want to pursue. Right. And usually older people tend to be a little bit more closed-minded, a little bit more in pursuit, or in pursuit of being comfortable. Yeah. Rather than the opposite. And I don't blame them. Yeah. Because they've lived a longer life. They've tried more things. Presumably they've tried and what they're at now makes them happy and comfortable. And it's human behavior, right? Like, uh, we... We don't like change in that, like, if we've been doing something for a long time, we're used to it, it's easy, which is a good, like, that's a good thing. But, like, to your point, it's easier, I guess, when you are younger because you haven't been, like, you haven't been, had the same, you haven't been doing the same thing, you haven't been set in your ways type thing. Yeah. Also, this is very cool, like, walking on, like, all these rocks. Yeah, and my feet are not as wet and muddy as they were. I wonder how deep these rocks go. It feels like it could be, like really deep yeah a couple feet meters okay let's see how long this has been going on for yeah 23 minutes honestly like i'm fine to either keep going or 
wrap it up. Let's let's wrap it up. Okay. All right. Up. Well, thanks. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for tuning in to Change My Mind, a show where anyone is welcome to join me for an episode to challenge one of my beliefs. If you liked this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a rating on iTunes so that more people like you can discover this podcast. Also, it'd be super helpful if you'd be willing to leave some feedback on ideas for improving future conversations using the link in the episode's description. Thanks again and see you next time.